Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. Uh, and we have gone against everything that we said uh, and we are recording a Skype episode again. Um, to be fair, it is slightly out of our hands, the apocalypse. Um, but yeah, so we apologise for the quality, but we are hopefully going to make up for it with some quantity. But uh, we'll see yeah. how that goes, uh, as long as none of us catch anything. Um, well, I was going to say, I mean, I think if people are going to be demanding, you know, oh, well, that's, that, that's just not acceptable. You've got to all meet up and infect each other. I would worry where their sort of, you know, principles lie. Frankly. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we are covering the Monster Squad this evening. Um, yes, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, but before we do, as we've all been in quarantine and sitting around just, you know, in our pants, uh, Chris... What have you been watching at home in... Uh... You, you might be surprised. Um, my answer's going to be absolutely nothing. Our TV <laughs> hasn't been on once for weeks. What have you been doing, lad? It's it's one of those things. It's, it's hard to say just how many children I seem to be chasing around when there's only two of them. They don't <laughs> seem to stop. That's fair. We'll, we'll let you off this time, then. That's that's understandable. If you, I mean, you managed to get to watch Monster Squad, I'm imagining, so... Yes. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, it um, took about five five goes, five different sessions, but yeah. It's, it's a film you can watch like that, though, to be fair. It's not like... Because there's no, like, big tension build. Well, yeah, although, although it was deeper than I expected. There was a, mm. you know... There's a few extra bits in it. I thought, well, they did quite a good job with this. Mm. To put it mildly, because overall it's uh, fantastic. But I, I was expecting, you know, I'd, yeah, just, uh, it is obviously a lot of fun, but yeah, there's a few bits. I thought, okay, that's good. Yeah, it does have some poignant moments in it, which are, uh, yeah, add a bit of levity to it. Mm. Um, Adam, what have you been watching over there in Quarantine Zone C? Well, I mean, we know what C stands for. <laughs> uh, um, well, as Claire as Claire pointed out, you know, we could be catching up with so much stuff, but we seem to be watching a, a fuck ton of Peppa Pig. <laughs> so, you know, so we're going to have to. We're going to. I think we're just going to tether Ted in the garden and wait until he chews through that, and then we'll put Peppa Pig on so we can watch some stuff. Um, at the at the moment, it's been because. The last couple of days of my first two really shut down because mm. uh, I was still uh, I was still going into work last week, um, and then six hundred people died. So I thought, mm. so mm -hmm. at that point I thought I told my you know I thought well, maybe maybe my job's not that necessary uh, to be in the office in the for yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, the um, so but I have watched uh, I've watched a bit more of. Shadows of Fear, the uh, 70s anthology series, which has been pretty good, especially because you just... I've discovered the weirdest thing about it is just how it's shot. Because mm. everything else about it is, you know, it's kind of Tales of the Unexpected sort of style, sort of set up. But, yeah, just there's loads of bits in it that are just very 
weird or they do sort of stuff that you would see in a film necessarily but you wouldn't like because it's all studio bound like 70s telly but there's a lot more going on than just oh we've pointed camera four cameras at the actors and we've cut between them there's actually you know real sort of directorial thought is going into it so um and mostly we've been enjoying wellington paranormal yes it's good isn't it it's it's fucking brilliant Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and I want I want a T-shirt of that poster that keeps cropping up. Mates don't punch mates. Yes, <laughs> but yes, we've. Uh, I, can't, I think we've. I think we've watched most of it. I think we've got one, one maybe two left to go. Um, but yeah, it's just fantastic, and what you would expect really to have spun off from what we do in the shadows. Yeah, it's, it's, as you say, it's like a little bonus thing that I didn't even know was out there until you did the research. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. I really yeah. enjoy it. I'm looking forward to season two now, once we can uh, get our grubby little hands on it. Yeah, but it's... Uh, no, I've just been so impressed, cause, especially because, obviously, what we do in the shadows, like the series, has received quite a lot of notice, whereas Wellington Paranormal, I don't think, has been seen that much outside of New Zealand. And no. You know, it's it's an unfa- unfairly dismissed because I think it is great. It is basically, yeah, just, and I love the fact that the music is slightly the X Files. Yes, but it's like, oh, great! This is, but this is like a good version of the X Files where they're not doing any overarching plot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's really been the the essentials at the moment. Obviously, I had that really lucky. Um, win on uh, with London Horror Society so I'm going to plough into that lot and obviously I've seen Get Out but I'm going to plough into that lot and let you know uh, what the others are like as well because it was uh, I got they had uh, on Instagram it was part of the promotion for the new Invisible Man film Mm. and uh, yeah and uh, basically, it was just like the post on Instagram, and you were entered into the competition, and I won. Oh, and um, yeah, and it was like, and because it's Blumhouse who did The Invisible Man, it was three of their films. So it was Get Out, Ma, and Upgrade. Um, mm. And Get Out, obviously, we know is brilliant. Um, and Ma and Upgrade were ones that I've just, especially Ma, I've been like, well, I really want to see that, but hadn't, you know. <laughs> It hadn't cropped up on something or whatever like that. And so now yep. it's like, that's just lovely, just opportunity. Mm. So um, thank you, the London Horror Society. Go and follow them and you too could win a bundle of Blumhouse. Yeah, I, I love in Blumhouse as well. What oh, what did I watch? Oh, yeah, no. I was about to say I watched a Blumhouse film last night, but it wasn't good. But we'll come to that in a second. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, let me just... Is that? Um, yes, so I have been watching loads of stuff. Um, I'm just bringing one of them up now on the uh, IMD just to make sure I get all the details correct. Imbi. So, following our conversation, uh, I watched Coffin Joe. The ah, first yes. Coffin Joe movies. Yes, I did watch. I've watched the Coffin Do- uh, Joe documentary that's part of oh. the thing, but I haven't actually watched the uh, Cracked Inners yet. So. Fair enough. 
I gave it a go. It is not for me. Fair enough. I can. Like I, what I saw of of the from what I could see of the um, uh, in the, uh, the the sort of stuff that they show on the documentary, I thought it may not be. That's uh, an interesting quite response, easy. though, because you're not saying it's terrible. Oh, it's not. Like I think it, there's something about it. <clears throat> For its its super low budgetness and everything, and the time that it was shot, I, I I think it's a it I could, if the subject matter were different, be really into it. But it's the same thing I've said ad nauseum, admittedly, on the show. I need somebody I can get behind and support. And Coffin Joe, as a character, is a dick. Yeah. So in the first movie, his wife finds out she can't have children so he murders her falls in love with his best friend's girlfriend so he murders him and then rapes her so that he can have a child and this is the guy you're supposed to be cheering for and i just found oh, it no i think i think coffin joe is to be is, on his side i think coffin joe is meant to be the villain i don't you know i don't but think there's is, isn't it but i think lee definitely likes the villain likes to like the villain mostly. i i do but it, it, I don't know. There's just something about it that I think it's because it only follows his story. Everybody mm. else, unless they're unless he's on screen, they're not part of it. So you yeah. follow him so closely that, that you isn't... don't have any other identification figure other than him. Yeah, exactly. And he's a dick. So um... is is it? I mean, I think it possibly is it is it like um, like with Alan Partridge, where Alan <laughs> is terrible. But all all of the people he encounters usually are as well. So you sort of veer between the two, where you're like, yeah. sort of, you know, sort of like, well, you're being a you're being an arsehole, but you're being an arsehole to that arsehole. So that's probably okay. Yeah, <laughs> you can follow an arsehole in comedy a lot easier than you can oh, in something you're supposed yeah. to be taken more seriously. Yeah. Um, Chris is laughing at that. I should have worded yeah. that better, but um. But yeah, so I think it's that that thing again of me not being able to identify with anybody specifically enough to uh, to draw me in. Yeah. So I got, I got two thirds of the way through, and I was like, it's really nice aesthetic. Like I think it's really nicely shot. It's got a really nice atmosphere and everything to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't quite get behind it. So yeah. Uh, no, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch some. I'm gonna have to watch some more of the box set. As I say, I just watched the the documentary mostly because I was fascinated with him as a person. And yeah, he's fucking nuts. But that's yeah. uh, that's a given for most <laughs> low budget filmmakers. If you've made it to a ripe old age, still making low budget films, you've probably just got the determination to see this through. Now. <laughs> And I think that's the thing. I think with something like that, where the character develops over time, I think you could end up with him more, not sympathetic, but you would watch it purely for him. Whereas I think if you don't know the character, the first film just setting it up, I've just found it a bit, uh, yeah, a bit. So all I can say. Um, I also I managed to get hold of a fantastic low budget movie I've been trying to buy for a while now uh, called Frankenstein Created Bikers. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Now, the reason I wanted to see this film. Uh, the title alone. 
the title <laughs> number one the reason i found it uh i watched the scotchworthy halloween anthology film a while back um oh uh, skeletons fun. in the closet that's it yeah uh and the horror host on there is played by a woman called ellie church Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just looking through her back catalogue and I saw it and I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, I need to see this. It's fantastic. It's really hard to get hold of a, a copy. Um, but I did manage to get one uh, and it was great until the opening titles. It was it was one of the best three minute openings to a film ever. And then they had the title sequence and then there was like an hour and a quarter of talking before anything happened again. Oh, um, yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Well, it, when it starts off so good, so it's a load of like 60s stoner swingers pick up a, a woman who's hitchhiking. They all go off to this camp. Uh, they all split off into pairs. There's lots of boob action. There's lots of like, oh, oh, and then and they're all pairing off. And then all of a sudden, uh, Bigfoot appears and murders everybody apart from Ellie Church. And then a gang of bikers turn up. And capture Sasquatch in the first three minutes. That, yeah, that's... fair enough. Fair enough. That's a pretty escalated bit of start there. I was all over. Three this. minutes of heaven is better than two minutes of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a win. Um, it's true, actually, when you describe it that way, that, you know, anything that doesn't within the next sort of hour and a half, the world ends, you know, you're not really going to make. You, you can't really go anywhere from that. That's no. a pretty intense sort of <laughs> it was, and opening it was so, sequence. And it started, it just had that really fun, super low budget feel, you know, where it's just like all the characters are stupid and over the top. And like I say, there was lots of like all the girls just getting their boobs out. So like it was obviously playing homage to all those 80s slasher films. So I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's got the makings of something it's been written with love and it's a lot of care and attention has been taken. It's just a all out fun experience. It's going to be great. And then it turned into a snooze fest as soon as the opening credits was closed, which is a shame. Um, yeah. But, you know, it happens. But if you ever manage to get hold of a copy or if it ever turns up on YouTube or whatever, do watch the first three minutes because it was hilarious. <laughs> it's just a shame it then fell apart after that. Maybe they should just trim it and just advertise it as your show. Yeah. People would just be like, this is amazing. Imagine the film you could have done from it. No, they did do <laughs> one. And, yeah. <laughs> Not to worry. Uh, and then finally last night, um, I watched, I've never seen any of the Purge series. Mm-hmm. I know everyone goes on about them. Uh, so I thought I would watch them, but not in the correct order. So I watched uh, the first Purge which is one of the later films oh, that's like the backstory yeah. of the first experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was dreadful. Um, Fair enough. Really this, low that, budget. Sorry. I was going to say, there seems to be something with those films where it's like, so they seem to be, they veer from awful to brilliant with nothing in between, but with no indication of what you're going to get. Yeah. It's one of those, the pictures that were on the the front and back of the DVD weren't even stills from the film. 
they were just random pictures. They had nothing to do with the film that I sat through for an hour and 28 minutes or whatever it was. So I don't know what the shit that was all about. Um, oh, that's good, good to hear that this sort of level of false advertising pertains to this day. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, interestingly enough, I don't know which Purge film it is, but one of them was set two days ago. Oh, it was the 23rd, well, I can't remember what date it is today. Uh, yeah, the 23rd of March 2020 is when, I don't know if it's the first film or which one it is, but yeah, it's one of the Purge films, Is that's the date. So that'd be really weird if that's been sitting on my shelf for six months and the day that I finally pick it out and put it on <laughs> is the day on which it's based, because 23rd was yesterday, and I did yeah. watch the film last night. Yeah, so, that could be very weird to... Yeah, yes. but it was crap, so I kind of zoned out. So they could have mentioned oh, today's enough. date, and I wouldn't have even given a shit. It could have been happening today, and you wouldn't have given a shit. It was that, that <laughs> unengaging. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I mean, it was, yeah, it was what well, it was like you expect. It's a really flimsy idea. Mm. Um, they didn't bolster it with anything, really. And the thing that made me laugh more than anything is the entire thing is based on Staten Island. Um, and it focuses ultimately around a drug dealer. Well, not a drug dealer. He's a drug baron who <laughs> runs all of Staten Island and suddenly decides at the end of it, when all of his dealers all get killed, that suddenly he's going to grow a conscience and save this woman and kid by going out and taking on a hundred mercenaries all on his own and somehow managed to kill them all. Um, one, I don't, think that a hardcore narcotics dealer has got that bigger care about his public neighborhood um and i don't think he could take on a load of high paid mercenaries he might you know he might have a couple of guns and he might be all right but he literally flights through floor after floor after floor of an apartment block full of armed heavily paid military uh personnel so they so love conquers all yeah, but the thing is, like, oh, oh that, well, that's the thing. This is the surprise at the end. Is the reason he'd been gone going through all of this is the woman who he's going to save he used to bang her at some point. That's it. Like, there's no. It gets to the end, and it's like, spoiler: we used to be in a relationship. Oh my god, you're the ex-boyfriend she kept talking about, who was a dick. And I was like, well, really? In a, way, you, in a way, you'd hope though, wouldn't you? If it was like, I've done all this. Who is she? Don't know. <laughs> just clocked her at the bus stop. <laughs> so, you know, uh, she seems nice. Uh, um, I'll take one on heavily armed men in there. Uh, yeah, so, nonsense. Nonsense. Unlike this evening's main film. Um, so, if we're all ready, shall we crack on with uh, the Monster Squad? We mm. shall, I feel. Um, You'd seen it before, Adam, is that right? Yeah, I'm very much like yourself. I saw it when it came out on video, and it was a regular rental. So it's got, um, to, be, it's got to be 80s. It's 80, 87. 87, 87 yeah. yeah okay. uh, so you were seven? No, no I was nine. Yeah, nine. we were nine. both nine. So we were, yeah. we were the perfect age for this when it came out. Yeah. Um and a, a nice hundred and twenty minutes as well. It's in and out, there's no messing around. Yep. It's uh, 
so before I go into just gushing about how much I love this stupid movie, Chris, what did you think of it, seeing it for the first time and as an adult? Well, what what do you think I thought? I think you probably enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it is one of those that I thought it could it could be bad. I might not be able to get into it enough. But and I don't know if it was that, and I don't know if you think this is good or bad. But it did remind me of Goonies, and it could be because of kids. And, and I was thinking, oh, am I sort of going to like it for you know just because it reminds me of that sort of thing? But it, I thought it did that well, so it pulled me back to you know what I thought was an eighties experience, but still had enough in it that was I suppose novel. Like mm. I haven't seen all of those monsters together, um, and and again I thought oh, this could be a bit tacky, you know. But actually, I did. I just really liked you know from the start where you see the history. And then, uh, yeah, straightforward sort of idea, I suppose. Every hundred years, um, you've got the amulet. Um, but I don't know, yeah, it just all, all worked really well. Uh, and then I think I really liked the the cast. Again, you know, it's it amazing yeah. how many films we've now seen where the kids are like, they're fantastic. Um, so I'd like to hear if any of them have done anything else, which I'm sure Adam will fill us in on. But... Yep. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I just really thought they all worked well together. Um, things like, oh, what's his name? Sean is the main guy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, who's the one who gets sort of beaten up at, or at the start? Hor- Horace? Oh, Horace. Horace. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and then and, and the other the other one who comes along and saves him. Rudy. Um, Rudy. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I kind of liked that. I thought that was uh, when he pulls up on his bike um, and makes him eat the chocolate bar. And he, what does he do? <laughs> Strikes the, the match. Like, yeah, the soul of his soul shirt. shirt. Lights his fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which does stand out even more oddly nowadays <laughs> yeah. than it would have done then. But yeah, so, uh, you know, just I thought there's just a lot of fun bits. Um, yeah, and then the monsters were really good as well. Um, I really I loved the fact that they had Frankenstein debating good and evil. Um, he, he didn't want to go with Dracula, and then he befriends the girl Phoebe. Mm. Um, you know, and yeah, and she brings him in. So I actually showed that bit to to the kids. I thought oh, I'll yeah. get away with this. So I had um, Frankenstein taking photos of them. So um, I thought, <laughs> oh, that yeah. was very funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, just loads of good bits in it, really. Um, I think uh, you saying oh, that. I think I was say, I've learned that Wolfman's got nards as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I'm certain I've only ever heard nards in this film. Yeah, right. I've heard like, nads. Is that <laughs> nards nuts? You know, I don't know whether it was like they couldn't get away with nuts or nads. So, yeah. <laughs> so they sort of made one up. Because I they just don't they think do I've only heard... have one shit, I think, don't they? So I think they probably are mm. working to a. Uh... Oh no, there's two, yeah. isn't there? So I'm wondering yeah. if they are being held to guidelines about how many uh, expletives they can use and are very mm. sparingly trying to get them in. Yeah, I think that could be the case. But as you, you say that, Chris, where it's like you expect it to be cheesier because of it's a monster meetup, and actually, I think that this is one of the like 
sort of, I don't know what's the word, the, like the most accurate mm. sort of team up movie where it it kind of feels right. They don't yeah. force too much in there, and you've got stuff, but everyone adheres to their character. So Frankenstein is a grey area who can go good and bad yeah. depending on who he's influenced by. And it's like, yeah, they do sort of keep that level in there. So they're not just like, oh, it's a generic team of monsters. But also it's probably like one of the least embarrassing team ups of monsters. You know, and I include, you know, the old House of Draculas and House of Frankensteins and stuff like that. This was probably probably yeah, I don't think I've seen any others where they have met up. Because, I mean, obviously you've got stuff like Van Helsing, which I still like, but I, I still, yeah. I think the actual Monster Squad monsters are perfect. So, you know, so just... I've not seen Van Helsing, so what happened in that? Uh, pretty much the same sort of thing. They team up. You've got a Wolfman, Dracula's using Frankenstein's monster as a, okay. a sort of uh, tool of evil. Um Oh, and so, so I thought Mr. Hyde's was... at the start of it, isn't he? He is, yes. Van Helsing, yeah. Terribly no, no, no. CGI'd, but oh yeah, it's awful. Um, but yeah, so I thought so. His arch nemesis is like Dracula, but he does generally fight all monsters. Is that right? Um, yeah, in the books, he comes from he comes from Dracula, um, okay. and then a lot of stuff they 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 use him as because there's not really. There's not really a monster hunter in most of the other classics. No, anything, I think you're right. If anything, Frankenstein's monster is hunted by Frankenstein and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, there's no sort of, there's no through line of the Wolfman or the Mummy or anything like that. Um, so Dracula probably is the only one who has a, a, nemesis. a, a, a nemesis. And then he, yeah, kind of can cover all bases, apparently. Mm. Uh, as long as he is a huge Ackman. <laughs> uh, we will definitely show you that at some point, Chris. It's mm. kind of terrible, but really good fun. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's not a serious work of art, but it shouldn't be considered as such. Mm. And it is very entertaining, very well put together. I remember... Um, Adam, when we went to Glasgow for Dean's birthday and we ended up yeah. having dinner at Frankenstein 1818 mm. um, and they had a huge screen there and they just had the film on repeat mm. and we went there and had dinner and then continued to drink loads of jugs of, I think we were drinking bourbon and coke. Um, yeah, Very so we probably. sat in there for ages yeah, and watched the whole film like two and a half times. Yeah, because uh, they had it on screens but they also had like a huge statue of the monster in chains mm. and all the top half of the restaurant was done out to look like uh, the Frankenstein's lab. Yeah. Like all sort of like, you know, Tesla coils and all that sort of thing around it. Um, unfortunately not working because that would have been a really interesting, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's still great in there. Yeah, so if anyone gets a chance, lovely... Frankenstein 1818 in Glasgow, I also went to the one in, Edinburgh as well mm-hmm. uh, not quite as good because it's a smaller venue so it was sort of downstairs in a basement but uh, but yeah both good restaurants and uh, pretty good food so yeah no, that was pretty good actually 
Oh, there we go. We've become a re- we're rest- restaurant reviews. We do the lot, you know. <laughs> Just wait a little while before you head over to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't go now. Don't be spreading stuff. Um. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Chris. And I think the thing is, this film it, it flows really well considering how much comedy and horror there are. And as you say, they are kind of juxtapositioned. So the the opening is a perfect example of that where you get the scroll at the beginning that's kind of amusing then you get that fantastic open with the graveyard and up to the castle and then we go in and we see them all come in and attack the brides of dracula and all that's going on um and then they open up the portal that looks exactly like the portal from evil dead if you hadn't already noticed that um yeah, and then it goes, to, and then after that, which feels like a real great horror, it then cuts to the kids in school and turns back into a comedy. Yeah. But it doesn't, mm. it doesn't feel jarring. It, it flows really well. Yeah. Um, uh, all in, uh, in no small part, I'm sure, to Fred Decker, who wrote and directed this. Yes. Uh, and he also did Night of the Creeps. Uh, he's done the recent Predator movie that I've not got round to yet. But, no, um, that's, not, that's not him. That's Shane Black. Oh, is it? Yeah, Fred Decker. Fred Decker directed this, and then and him and Shane Black wrote it. And uh, Shane Black has gone on to direct um, uh, the Predator, Iron Man Three, uh, the Nice Guys, the uh, film with um, Ryan Reynolds and. Oh, his name's completely gone, but he does play Dr. Jekyll at some point. I can't remember now. Oh, but also, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I can't think it what it's called. Uh, I can't think what his name is. What is his name? Hi. Oh. On it now. Thank you. I did. Um, I did. I was tempted to start doing horror film bingo when they got the old ancient book that they couldn't read in German. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry, it's uh, it's Ryan Gosling, not Ryan Ryan Reynolds. It's Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, and it's brilliant. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, that is that a good film then? Is that? Oh yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's brilliant. Because it, it looked pretty good, but yeah. Um, but yeah. also, uh, Shane Black wrote all four Lethal Weapon films. Oh, um, and he's good. and he plays Hawkins in Predator. Um, ah. you know the one who keeps making jokes. Mm. Uh, and um, the reason he's in Predator is basically the executive producer of Predator was also doing. Um, uh, Die Hard, uh, Lethal Weapon, sorry, and the producer wanted to keep him around, so he made sure he was actually working on the script. Yeah, nice. So yeah, but um, yeah, but yeah, the um, but yeah, Fred Decker did uh, Night of the Creeps, which uh, yeah, obviously is an incredible piece of cinema. Yeah. And... <laughs> um. Yeah, there's a lot of things about this that I really like. As you say, the the monsters are really well defined. Mm. Um, The cast in this is awesome, obviously. Um, So Sean's mum is played by uh, Mary Ellen Trainer, who uh, I'm sure we all recognise from Goonies, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, she's a mum in in that as well, isn't she? She is. Uh, She's Scrooged. Who is she in Scrooge? Because I saw it come up and it was. Uh, she plays Ted. Bill uh, Murray's 
PA effectively. Ah, right. Okay. Because I couldn't, I just could not place her in it. I was like, and also she was called Ted. And I was like, right, I'm totally thrown <laughs> off now. <laughs> She's the one who comes in and gives him the news that the woman had died watching the, uh, watching his trailer for Scrooge. Oh, yes. Yeah. But she's actually she's also um, Dr. Stephanie Woods, the police psychiatrist in all four lethal weapons. Again, with the lethal weapons business. But apparently I didn't realize this is she's she's basically Reek's um, psychoanalyst. uh, But she only actually got a name in the third film. Oh, she's just police psychiatrist in episodes one and two. She's not really a big part, but it's just one of those things where they've consistently kept it. Yeah, like uh, the same character, which I always quite like. I like that sort of thing where it's like, yeah, you, you, you know, you feel someone cares that they've no, but they've gone back to get like someone yeah, in. Same it's like, oh, it was the same guy small. who was doing that, or it was the same woman who was playing the psychiatrist last time. So, um, yeah, yeah I was just say talking about the mum. That was the you know, one of the aspects I thought they're adding a little extra depth here. The uh, the arguing between the mum and the father. Yeah, um, you know, it's just a, something a little extra that sort of follows throughout the film, um, and especially where the dad obviously doesn't believe in the monsters and then gets involved. Yeah, um, so I kind of, I just kind of liked that they sort of tie in some of this together um, with his with his ridiculously done. like just couldn't give a shit partner. Yeah, oh, that partner makes me. That was the bit that made me laugh more than anything watching it back today. Yeah, it's just the bit when they're talking to the guy about the mummy. Mm. And he's yeah. just, yeah, just totally jerking him. And then in the end, he just goes, oh, I'll give up. This is too hard. Let's be fireman instead. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, I think, he's, he's I so, think he's... Go on. I was going to say, no, just that he, he is just one of those great little bonus characters who's like, they, he could have just been a yes and no standing person in the side, mm. and they actually give someone like a bit of a character and a life, and yeah, something something in, to entertain, you know. Yeah, and it's and it's again, it's that it's those comedy side characters. That I think kind of come through again because obviously all this was uh, <clears throat> very much in the vein of the uh, Universal. It's all the Universal monsters, mm-hmm. but it's that same as we said before about things like in the Frankenstein movies with that crazy old lady and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the time they do have these kind of smaller secondary characters who are just pure comedy and come in for very small parts, but just but every time they're on the... screen, you laugh. Yeah. They just make that little two minutes or whatever like that, and then you can crack on with the rest of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I got the impression that that was that was kind of what his character was. He was brought in as kind of homage to that idea of a of, of a purely comedic character who just and again it's always cops. We said this with American mm. Werewolf in London and uh, obviously Deathline. Death yeah, get a comedic cop, bring him in, yeah. get him to be a douche every now and again. It's hilarious. You can't go wrong with it. I have been th- I have been thinking for some time I'm going to start an Instagram account, uh, Funny Cops of Filmland, just based <laughs> around uh, hilarious policemen in horror. So because so there funny. are so many of them. <laughs> um. Oh, we we cannot forget the iconic T-shirt, obviously that uh, that is the 
the uh, Stephen King rules T-shirt. Yes. Um, that he wears in this. And it, it's one of those. It was just, I think it it was just made for this. But it's mm. become a thing. You see people at conventions and stuff wearing it all the time. Everybody yeah. has one. I don't have one yet, but I will, damn it. It's um, quite a nice thing as well, because it's one of those ones where it's like, for, for no one in on it, it's just, oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. cool. You like horror because you've got a Stephen King. And for people who are in the know, it makes their day. Yeah. Oh, like, yes. Oh, I got a t-shirt from Monster Squad. Um. I did have one question, actually. Um, mm, mm. So they all fall out of an airplane. Again, comedy characters. Those two fly in the plane. Absolutely yep, hilarious. Yep. yep. Um, Darnie being the, the unfortunate pilot who gets it. Um, yeah. But also he... Uh, I mean, Darnie will be very pleased because uh, I it was only watching it this time around. I realised that that guy is a guy called David Provel. Um, who is one of the main characters in Mean Streets, the Martin Scorsese film? Oh, um, nice! And yeah, he's and he's in Innocent Blood, and uh, where was it? I just because uh, there was one thing that was it. Yeah, yeah, he's in UHF. Romeo is bleeding, but and this is really quite the thing. He appeared in an episode of the TV series The Monster Squad, which was. Uh-huh. A, which was basically a short-lived crime horror mashup where three waxwork models of Dracula, the Wolfman, and Frankenstein's monster come to life and fight crime. Nice. I did watch the opening credits for it and decided it was probably something I was going to... You know one of those, you watch the opening credits and you go, yeah, I'm not going to be able to find this. Yeah. It's so yeah. low-budget and old and random... Yeah, it well, not only that, it doesn't sound like that engaging of a premise just to sort of, you know, you sit there and think, you know, especially these days, you have to sit there and think my time on this earth is short. And uh, (laughs) am I really going to be that dedicated to watch episodes of something that appears to have been rightly forgotten? And, (laughs) you know, just because it has a coincidental name with something I like. So, yeah. yeah. Thing that is very much the case. It looked a bit like a real life version of the Drac Pack. I think it kind of was, yeah. In fact, yeah. I think it's pretty much the same sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I've I've not I've not engaged. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my question was: so they had all these characters, they all fall from the plane. Mm-hmm. Somehow, Dracula then pisses off and comes back with that car, that amazing black. Uh, I think it's a Cadillac, like a hearse. Hearse, yeah. Um, yeah, with the big chrome skull on the bonnet and all this. He's only landed 24 hours ago and he just fell out of a plane. Where did he get that car from? It's a custom job. He's got he's got money everywhere. You know, this is this is the benefits of long term planning. <laughs> and ask me about the hood ornament. What about the oh. hood ornament? About the hood ornament. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, yes, no, I. But also, I just love the fact that uh, the well, he's referred to as the Gill Man. Yeah, but the creature from the Black Lagoon just knows to go to the swamp. Yeah, and put, help them get the casket out. Yeah, because that's the thing is, it's because it's only no, because it's only Dracula and Frankenstein who are in the plane. Yeah, 
and Wal- mm. the Wolfman turns up, and the mummy is in the museum that happens to be in that town as well. Yeah, and I think yeah, and I think the creature from the Black Lagoon just swims down from his pad. <laughs> See, now that's another one we can't miss out on. Uh, John Grease playing mm. uh, the Wolfman in this. God, yeah. that man is astonishing. Yes, Uncle um, Rico. His uncle Rico. Um, yeah, he's oh, also. Ah. Huh? Uh, um. The. He, so he's also in Fright Night Two, where yes. I believe, although it's a vampire movie, if memory serves, he plays a werewolf in that as well, possibly. It may well be the case. I think I've just got the character name, but where is it? Uh, where are you? He's definitely on roller skates. I think at some point. Well, he's Louie in Fright Night Two, but yeah. I think you could be right there. Uh, uh, he's also in Taken 1, 2, and 3. Ah. See, I've seen Taken, but a very long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. He also plays the Metaler in Terror Vision. Yep, but he's also uh, one of the soldiers in the Rooster video for Alice in Chains. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, which just immediately, yes, I was... But also, and this is something that, until I was researching this, hadn't even occurred to me, is he doesn't play the werewolf. Mm. He is only the human the form humans. of the werewolf. Yeah. Someone else play Because in your head, because of how werewolf movies work, yeah. I always assumed, oh yeah, he must play the werewolf as well. But he doesn't. Someone else, oh, really? plays the, someone else is the wolfman, as in the actual beast yeah and he just plays the human form of the wolf man nice which kind of makes sense i suppose because i mean if it must have been easy to just go right right you've shot the wolf man right cut john you come in you lay down yeah there, rather than right john go to your tray go to makeup get all that taken off get changed <laughs> it makes perfect why do not all fit why don't all the films do this if you do that it makes so much more sense why pay an expensive actor to wear so much prosthetics that you can't see who's underneath it all, you may as well. Exactly. I mean, I think, because, I mean, there's certain ones like, I mean, Dog Soldiers doesn't, no one who plays a werewolf in Dog Soldiers plays one of the werewolves. No. Like like the actual huge wolves on stilts and everything else like that. But, yeah, it hadn't, I think it's just because you're a horror fan, you've watched Lon Chaney become the wolf, man. You've watched... I mean, and well, I mean, in American Werewolf, obviously, the final wolf is not played by anyone, but you do see them transform. So it's like, technically, they have played the werewolf and everything. And he does yeah. go through a transition stage in this. But, yeah, I just assumed, obviously, that he would be playing the wolfman and he doesn't. It's, yeah. So, it, and again, just like you say, it's only when I was thinking about it, it was like, well, well why the fuck would he? <laughs> it's easier to not for him to not play the Wolfman. <laughs> he's another one. He when so when he plays his his character, in, he plays this. Although it's very much a comedy, he plays mm. his character in this absolutely straight, one hundred percent. Um, and I think that works really, really well because it yeah. it does give it that levity, as I say, rather than it being a, a straight out comedy. If the horror doesn't yeah. work well it just doesn't have the same impact where yeah no it it needs that it does need that gravity it's like 
funnily enough, it is like Abbott and Costello. Yes. Meet, meet Frankenstein, where, you know, uh, Lon Chaney plays it how he plays Larry Talbot. Like, yeah. he just plays it that haunted, troubled figure. He doesn't do laughs or anything. He lets them get on with that and do they do the comedy around him. Yeah. But he plays it dead straight. Lugosi plays it dead straight. And it's the same with this. There's, Dracula's not really... He has a few one-liners, but in the sort of sense that he's an 80s villain, so he, of course he's got a few, you know, uh, he's got a few sort of like offhand one-liners or whatever like that. But essentially he is playing it if if it was like a serious Dracula film. Yeah. Or a serious... And yeah, John Jonathan Rice really is, you know, he could be... You could drop that into a serious werewolf movie and it would be pitch perfect. Oh, yeah, I mean, if and, it, and it works howling, still here, but, yeah. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I think all the monsters, with the exception of, obviously, Frankenstein's monster, which, as you say, has got that very sympathetic side mm. with the children. Yeah, I think all of them, as you say, you could drop them into a horror film and those performances be perfect. If you took the kids out of this, yeah, it very much be, which is why I chose this for our question last episode on the uh, hashtag ask. Um, yes. For that very reason, I feel that you could do you could do it segmentally with those characters and make them real creepy little vignettes, mm. little half hour mm. episodes or an hour episode on each one. Um, yeah, and they'd be really good. It would go kooky at the end, obviously, when the kids turn up at the end and just massacre yeah. everyone. But yeah, you know. Yeah. But I think, I mean, uh, um, especially, I've I've always I always really loved the mummy in this. I think that's one of the best mummies I've seen on screen. Yeah. Um, and but I was looking uh, looking him up. There's a guy called Michael McKay, and he basically specialises in playing skinny bastards <laughs> uh, because he is so skinny. But he's the sloth victim in Seven. You know, the oh, one yeah. who's in the bed, like emaciated in the bed. Um, he's Jason Stryker in X-Men 2, uh, which is Stryker's son, you know, the one who's been lobotomized, but he has the power to uh, manipulate uh, minds and everything. And, and again, yeah. um, and, uh, and, but he's in that cast a deadly spell, which I've still not seen, the Lovecraft noir TV pilot that came out. And I just, you know, which really... I've got to see it. I've got to see yeah. that bloody. Um, but yeah, he, he so he does play a lot of very skinny people, and you can see why because he's clearly absolutely like amazing thing. Yeah, but I, I think the and actually I think the Gill Man feels like that's that's the one where because like the Wolfman's very traditional. Frankenstein's kind of updated so they don't go the full flathead uh, Karloff look. Yeah. But I think the Gillman really is like the one that properly updates it Yeah. from what it was. Because, I mean, I love the creature from the Black Lagoon, but the actual appearance of the monster you couldn't do now. No, no. Whereas the Gillman in this, would could you could you he could walk into the set of cabin in the woods or 
you know, anything. <laughs> yeah. He can walk into anything now and still be really a really good fucking uh, effect and yeah. uh, makeup effect and visual effect and everything. Because um, all the visual so effects... We so we haven't seen um, anything else with someone like that in All the Mummy. Is that... I think you've mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. So, so we've seen vampires. Mm. Yeah, no, I think you're seen right. I don't think we've touched on... Yeah, so, so Gilman never really got the same... Mm. Uh, yeah, the same franchising going on as the others. I think there are three of what, those. What was Swamp, Swamp Thing? Was what was that, that sorry? What, Swamp Thing? Was that... No, Swamp no. Thing's a, a Swamp Thing was a comic uh, character, yeah, right. so he's technically a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and Man Thing, which is the Marvel version of Swamp Thing, okay. which where they must have taken so long to come up <laughs> with that name. <laughs> well, what could he be? Is he is he Swamp Man? Is he? Is, what would it be like? Swamp Thing? Uh, swamp Man? Man Thing? I think it's nearly six. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. Then. <laughs> Type it up for me in the morning, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't think we've we haven't done. I mean, we should do. I mean, something so. Like, so if they've not done many with swamp things, swamp thing. Then, but mummies, there have been a few. There's been a lot. That's, Universal um, did that's them. That's our favourite actor, them. isn't it? Uh, Tom Cruise. Oh yeah. Uh, well, obviously, and then there's the the um, Brendan Fraser, yeah, uh, series. Well, how many was that? Was that four, uh, three or four? Wasn't it a franchise? Yeah, I've, like I've sort of mid nineties. Well, that yeah. they were the ones before. Yeah, but I think before this, it would have probably the last Mummy films would have been Hammer. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. So, is it, so where did the mummy come from? Was that um, the the mummy been is gen- for a long time? But well, it's it's genuinely for, it, really it stems from the interest in Egyptology. Yeah, um, and there was. When did it become like a actual coming back to life? So, so Universal, when Universal were trying, so they did. So their first two were works of literature. Mm. Uh, so they did uh, obviously Frankenstein and Dracula. Um, and then following that, they, they needed something else to keep the horror train going. And as there weren't any works of literature with lead characters in that sort of style, uh, The Mummy and The Wolfman were ones where, as Adam said, they kind of took legendary characters and created... So there was a, a myth around mummies coming back to life. Yeah, that That's which sort of I think kind of dates back to to Egypt, like to ancient yeah. Egypt itself. I suppose it's it's similar it's to... You probably say, scare the kids with a bit. You yeah, know, well, I think it's similar behave. to zombies and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the dead returning, and it would yeah. just be their version of the undead. I think, as Adam said as well, I think particularly in this period as well, and not long previous, there had been that fascination with Egypt because we were finding a lot of the tombs, um, yeah. and obviously they did all have curses on them and that type of thing. Yeah. So... I think it's, the idea is quite creepy already. Exactly, yeah, and because it was so big in the media, I think to to mm. in, to encapsulate a story around it, because uh, the ghoul came out around the same time as this as well, didn't it? Which yeah, yeah, which is also yeah, yeah. another 
uh, really good Egyptian mummy. One. Mm. So it's not one of the mummy movies, but ultimately that's what it's about. And that's a fantastic. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I might watch that tonight. Um, <laughs> come in or go out. Um, <laughs> most ridiculous line of a movie ever. Um, oh. But yeah, so. Yeah, I think they were they were trying to to enlarge their franchise. So they were going for these. Uh, and, and obviously, as we saw, some of them picked up and some of them didn't. You know, stuff like The Invisible Man obviously didn't get uh, much of a series. Um, Phantom of the Opera was pretty much a one and done. Mm. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they got quite a lot of mileage out of as the years went on. Mm. Uh, but, again, but again, it would always be new versions of it rather than mm. uh, a, a series. Like It wouldn't yeah. be necessarily that so they'd follow. they doing the same story pretty yeah. much. Because yeah. there's the Frederick March version, which I'm not sure if it's universal or not, but that's like, um, and then yeah, as they go on, they sort of, and then Hammer sort of, they then do Doctor Jekyll and Sister Hyde, and it, I've still not watched that actually. I've really got to watch because it it's on the bloody, it's it's recorded, um, but uh, Talking Pictures TV showed the Ugly Duckling, the uh, <laughs> the version of. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde starring Bernard Breslau where he is a shy man who becomes a teddy boy <laughs> and apparently John per- and John Pertwee's in it as well so I've got uh, you know so that I, I I hopefully will have watched that by the next time we record because I would like to report on that so yeah. yeah so yeah so that so that is one that's gone through a lot of reimaginings and retellings mm. rather than rather than subsequent sequels as it were yeah it's only um, really, it's only really Dracula. I mean, it's only really Dracula and Frankenstein, and the Wolfman included in that. Yes, yeah. because they they were always the ones that ended up in team ups. Yeah, like House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein, because uh, even in those they don't have they don't include the mummy, or no. because because and uh, Christian from the Black Lagoon's kind of later anyway. Because I think that's is that nearly the f- that's it's definitely the forties I think isn't it or is it I think it's the fifties Let me just check that Yeah, but again, like sort of the um, yeah, creature from the Black Lagoon is sort of like towards the end of yeah, the run. 50, yeah, fifty four. Yeah, and real and really kind of at the time was probably seen more as sci fi. Yeah, you know, in a weird way. Because that was what was the overriding trend at the time in fantastic sort of storytelling, like the gothic horrors had sort of had their day and everything. So mm. at that point, it was gill men and fighting big ants in the desert. Well, yeah, it was. It was that. Uh, I don't know if we've ever actually discussed it generally, but yeah, that was ultimately what killed off uh, horror to to some degree. So after the Universal period and all those horror films came out, yeah, in the 50s, people wanted something new. And obviously science was making lots of new discoveries and we had the atomic bomb and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so people were suddenly looking more to science fiction. um, Of course, the first flying saucers and that type of stuff. So a lot of the studios switched their horror sets off effectively and moved everything over to over to science fiction for probably 10 20 years until hammer again came back and really really rebooted it all 
Um, I, th- I think it's also what reflects the problems of the time. So, 50s and 60s, well, certainly the 50s, everyone was obsessed with nuclear power, the nuclear age. Mm. Uh, it was the height of UFO spotting and things like that, so everything turned more in that direction. Mm. Um, but then I think, and I think that's, I think there is a level, I do think there's a genuine level of crossover there because I think if you're fighting a giant ant, that's, I'm counting that as horror because it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, coming at me with his giant mandibles all <laughs> this way <laughs> yeah and the, I, I, some of those films that came out in that period it's like, although they're sci-fi and not horror I, you know there's some fantastic output in that time mm. um, and a lot of it's Corman yeah you know he he would do <laughs> frankly Corman was anyone's he's an, art, <laughs> an artistic whore so <laughs> Um, I've got to, I've got to make a mention also Frankenstein's monsters played by Tom Noonan, yeah, who is well for a start he's Francis Dollarhide in Manhunter, which is just one of one of the best fucking films ever, let alone best lector films, um, and also um, he's in RoboCop two and Heat, but also House of the Devil. Yes. Oh, he's, he's so Mr. good. Mr. Ullman. Mr. Ullman yeah. in House of the Devil. And God, that film's fucking fantastic. I just I just want to bask in two seconds of going, oh, House of the Devil by Ty West. It's fucking amazing. It's a fucking great film, that. It is. It's such a it's such a great callback in a in a number of different ways. It's it like its eighties aesthetic is absolutely flawless. Um and it gets that old 70s slow burn um mm. yeah and oh it's, it's just a wonderful i can't say enough good things about it i really can't it's such a good film it is brilliant oh it's going on the list it's going on the list guys good because that was what that was one of the other reasons i had to mention tom noonan because i was like put house of the devil on the list that's it it's in the book it's official I mean, as for, I mean, in terms of actually, although you were saying about, in terms of the kids, I don't think m- many of them went on to do no. much. To be honest, I don't. It, there was, there's no sort of, there's no, um, oh, what's his name? There's no Corey, there's no Corey Feldman in here, mm. or sort of, you know, someone who goes on to be in dozens and dozens of things. The the bully. Who is forced by Rudy to eat the chocolate bar? Yes, did think was the dickhead in... brother in uh, the Wonder Years, the mm, uh, sitcom yes, that ran and ran okay. and ran. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, and um, but most worryingly, uh, Brett Charlem, the uh, Horace or fat kid, um, he quit acting to study law and he died of pneumonia, mm. age oh, twenty-two, nineteen ninety-seven. Oh my god! So, which is just yeah, that was just sort of shocker out of the blue, you know. And um, but yeah, well, it's think... in, in, in with a shotgun, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. My you know, name. That's always nice to have like that. Yeah. It's also worth pointing out he has got the best wardrobe in this film as well. Him in like the day glow two tone shorts, massive Hawaiian <laughs> shirt down to his knees, and high top white trainers. I was like. Yep, that was me yeah. in the eighties, and that's me now. When I think I can pull it off, and I can't, I really can't. 
I still did it. I don't care. I think you should you should show us that one day. <laughs> I, I, I I always picture you more like Rudy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. What hanging around with small children half my age? If you 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 voiced that, I just thought you meant you'd be the the cool kids smoking in on school grounds, you know. But <laughs> you you want to take it there, mate. <laughs> but you were like you were saying about with like the, one of the one of my favourite bits in this, and it's been and weirdly enough, it's been one of my favourite bits for years is when you see the um, concentration camp number. Yeah, yeah. on yeah, scary German guys. Up. Up. Yeah, mm. and that's just sort of like again, just uh, and but again done, not overdone. Not yeah. sort of, it's there to be. You know, it's there for little kids to ask, well, what does mm. that mean? Or whatever like that. Yeah. And, yeah, you get this. And, and you have to explain to them about mechanised murder but um, of millions. But, you know, that's now, you know. that's They say, you know, they say about, like, get a hamster to teach kids about death. Mm. Well, if you get a lot of hamsters to teach kids about the Holocaust, um, apparently... That's enough to get you uh, looked at by social services. <laughs> and I spent months note. putting all those uh, sh- all those uh, shoe boxes together to make a little tiny set of barracks and everything. You know, just that's time I'm not getting back. This. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, it... oh, sorry, uh, and also, but scary German guy is Baron Vladimir Harkonnen's doctor from June. No, I was thinking I've definitely seen him from something. Yeah, he's the one who's picking his boils. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I still haven't seen June, but it is in my. Like, oh. No, I've made a list of about thirty films that I've got on the shelf that I keep thinking I need to watch this because it's an important part of my viewing, but I've never mm. quite been in the mood, and it's it's definitely in that list. So. Uh, should probably have watched it last night rather than that poxy uh, purge movie, but never mind. Well, yeah, but then I think you can. The good, I think that June, if only just so you could enjoy Henry Zabrowski uh, talking oh. about it. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I'm sorry, I've just remembered. I did watch his movie, and I've somehow managed to miss talking about it. Oh, blimey, you good? Yes, I did watch it after midnight. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was all right. Um, I expected more from it, if I'm honest. Um, only because I loved the battery. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Henry Zabrowski. Or more, yeah. more, more do you need? Um, and, and Henry is really good in it, I've got to say. Um, yeah, it's one of those films, at the time, I remember thinking, oh, I expected more from that. But now when I look back at it, all I remember is good stuff. So it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Is it one of those ones where it's just not quite what you expect? Yes. Rather than necessarily it wasn't, you know, what you, what you wanted in a weird way. It's more that you just think, because I get that sometimes you watch something. It's like, oh, actually, the mood of that film was totally different to what I thought the mood of that film was going to be. I think it that's doesn't make it any different as a film, but you just sort of like, oh yeah, I didn't expect it to be that mellow, or I didn't expect yeah. it to be that sort of, or actually, I mean, in a weird, delighted way, um, 
it's pretty much how I was with the lighthouse. Whereas, like, I just didn't expect it to be fucking funny. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, and so. Oh, and speaking of things we forgot to say, obviously, um, oh, um, the, oh, oh, we got recommended something. Uh, Chris, you sent through, um, we got recommend, uh, recommendation for, oh, oh my brain's gone to piss. It's just, yeah. We'll return to Yes, oh, yes, Joe Watson. Joe Watson, yes, he, uh, yeah. but he recommended something like something. It was called Shiver or something. The Shivering Truth. The Shivering Truth. Yes, I watched two episodes of that, and that is royally fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right up my alley. It's it's really good. It's just odd, disturbing animation, and okay. in a in a sort of. Um, I don't know the best way to describe it. It was a bit, um, say, I don't know, because it, it's Adult Swim, which I didn't realise. Mm. So okay. it was a bit sort of like the same sort of, in a way, same sort of animation as, say, something like Robot Chicken or something. But it was just loads of weirdness and fucked upness. It was, yeah, really good, including the little girl who's supernaturally good at playing peekaboo. <laughs> and she just puts her hands over her eyes and obviously... As a parent, you have to spend your... Where, where have you gone? Where have you gone? <gasps> there you are. But this kid, it's just like, she does that and the parents are like freaking out. Where's she gone? Where is she? I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah. And disaster and suicide bombing in shoe. So, yeah, it says it's Michael Sarah stop motion series. Oh, is it? Oh, oh nice. See, now but, he's uh, always good. Yeah, so mm. I did, but yeah, so I did watch a couple of episodes of that, and uh, I'll be watching more because it was just delightfully screwed up. I yeah. put it down. Thank you very much for the heads up, Joseph. We uh, yeah, thank we'll you. Anything, anything like uh, "Don't hug me, I'm scared." Um, different, different fuck it upness. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's fucked upness where you're on the side of the fucked upness, mm. where you're just enjoying this is fucked up rather than this is fucking me up. <laughs> excellent i'll be checking that out very soon um yes so i think we should mention yeah obviously stan winston did all the uh makeup effects and everything stan winston studio did all everything for this and it was sort of like their opportunity to redo all the classic uh, Universal Monsters and everything yeah. and in fact the uh, guy who played, where is it it's not there why are you not speaking you say, sorry. Thank you. the guy who plays the Gill Man uh, also plays uh, most of the aliens from Alien 3 onwards um, and Pumpkinhead Ooh. So, he's a, so he's obviously a very big associate with uh, Stan Winston Um and uh, oh, what was the other thing? Yes, I was very pleased to notice armor dildos in armor. Fucking armor dildo. <laughs> armor. It's become second nature because of porridge. Yes. To say oh, that now. King Arthur's copies. Yeah. We um. I think that's what I'm eating. Um, the armadillos <laughs> in. Did you spot the armadillos in Dracula's castle? Oh, I did. And yes. I was like, yeah, that's a lovely little. 
in Hamas. Throwbacks. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I did hear this actually covered by another podcast. Again, whom I shan't name. I know I've mentioned them before and said they rubbished it slightly. But yeah, that was a real bone of contention. And I was like, if you guys don't get what that's supposed to be, then this film yeah. probably isn't for you. Some, sometimes you do have to make people have their credentials in at the door. <laughs> you know, when it's like, sort of, well, if you don't know. it's like, Well, it's like we were saying about with um, Hellier. Or hell yeah. Um, where it's like they keep saying, and they use the term critters. Yeah, because there's a fucking film called Critters. Everyone's seen it. <laughs> you tit. That's why they're saying it. They're winding yeah. you up, you book. So See, now, there's a second season of that, but after the first season, I, I just can't bring myself to watch it, really. Much the same. I, so, I, there was a part of me that wanted to, but then there's like, I'm not getting a chance to watch shit I really, really want to watch. So I'm not sort of going to use... I'm, I'm trying to avoid placeholder TV at the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sort of just, oh, I'll stick that on for, you know, for the next half hour. And it's like, no, if I've got half an hour, I'm going to make it fucking count. So Yeah. Exactly. I could be watching Ancient Aliens now instead of this. Exactly. Um, yes, so... Uh, Monster Squad... It, uh, is, I take it that it is definitely a recommend from you then, Chris. Oh, yeah. yeah for anyone who's not. See, I'm yeah. definitely thinking now, having watched it, I would be... I'm, I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't know how, uh, you know, how Ted's poor brain will be affected by growing up with me. But <laughs> I, would, I would feel happy in showing him this. Because I remember when, when I was a kid and saw it, for about a month, this beat Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got monsters in it. You know, yeah. it's got it's got a Draclia and a Frankenstein in it. Mm. <laughs> you don't get that in Ghostbusters. So, I mean, obviously, because the the tagline as well, which I just thought was that's weirdly of its time, because the tagline for the movies, what is it? Um, you know who you call when you've got ghosts, but who do you call when you've got monsters? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, when your tagline's referencing on off, off another movie, you know. I mean, fortunately, it's a movie we still all know. Yes. But it doesn't necessarily <laughs> go that way, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I just... And I think we... I think... I was keen to hear what Chris made of it, because I know that, as we mentioned, you and I both saw it at about nine, ten years old, which is the perfect age to see a film like this. Mm. It's when it really beds it in. Yeah. Um, obviously at that age I don't think I'd seen any of the Universal stuff so this was one of my earliest yeah. uh, meetings with all the Universal monsters um, so yeah they've, they've done a great job of making it uh, yeah, and one that you can watch and sort of get sucked into the whole um, yeah, so it's a the... nice little intro yeah. in a weird yeah. way it's like a sampler mm. pack for someone mm. yeah. and actually that bit, and I've got an, I've still got an obsession with Dracula's staff. Yeah, not not the people who do his dishes, you know, like <laughs> the, where he pulls the things out, connects them to the uh, to the monsters' bolts, and then yeah. the top shoots up, and it's like that. And just that bit where all the, they're all like howling and the uh, the gill man's bellowing and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a really great, just sort of like fuck yeah. 
moment yeah. of of monsters, regardless of what film it's in. <laughs> it is, um, it, yeah, yeah, it is, and this is why I kept harkening back to this um, whenever people were talking about trying to get the dark universe going. Mm. And they're going, oh, well, we just don't think it's possible. We keep trying and we keep messing it up. And I was like, Fred Decker did it in the 80s. He did it really well. Get him back and get him to, like, maybe tone the comedy down, get rid of the kids. I I reckon if he took this now, I reckon he could kick off the Dark Universe and do a really good job of it. I still think, I mean, I still think that they had elements there that were really workable. Yeah, but I just think that as soon as you try and I th- and it's not it's not necessarily my prejudice with regards to Tom Cruise, but I think as soon as you bring someone in who is the focus, who is not the not the monsters, mm. you're like because it's like I don't know, it'd be like getting anyone in who's bigger than the franchise. Yeah, if you got in like if you got in Jason Statham. Or if you've got in, you know, just someone who's like a big, not a Brad Pitt or something like that, someone who's a big yeah. name. And you're like, but this jerk off I've never heard of, who's playing Dracula or who's playing the monster? Do you know what I mean? You sort of, yeah. Whereas it's sort of like, it was like, oh, well, this is Mission Impossible Ghosts. <laughs> and you're like, but I don't want that. I want, yeah. you know, and I quite like the concept where it was meant to be. Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll's um, like trying to track all these creatures down and everything else yeah. like that. I think that's a fucking great concept. But unfortunately, you've then put in this sort of like shit James Bond character who's meant to be mm-hmm. jetting around the world and uh, solving all the fucking things. And you're like, but that's the least interesting thing you could do with this. That That is the problem. And that is the problem with that movie as well. As I said, when I watched it, the you, problem you is... You said there's good bits in it. Like, it, they're, they're okay. Yeah. They are, but, but what they should... so much more. Mm. Well, like Adam said, what they should have done is they should have done a mummy movie about the mummy and a yeah. Frankenstein movie about... And once they've got the characters then bring this bloke in who's going to come in mm. and try and fight them all or whatever. But starting the movie yeah. as the mummy and then the mummy being a secondary character to this person who we don't mm. really know or care about, I think was, was where the downfall came from. I think, you know, you know, um, and again, I know it's the comparison that everyone makes, but Marvel did it so well mm. with, look, Here's the Iron Man movies. Oh, the same studio has now made a Thor movie, and then they've and that's the way to do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you don't you don't start with Avengers Assemble. You don't start well. Precisely. You don't start with um, uh, what's his name, uh, Nick Fury. Yeah, precisely. Like going mm. and finding Ant Man. You know you. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's exactly what they've done. So they took a really good idea and they've put it together well, but they just started it in the wrong place. And and mm-hmm. because of trying to jumpstart it too quickly, I think that's where it's fallen apart. Um, but, well, you know, I mean, you see, there seems to be a problem. It's like with DC. It's like, oh, we'll start with Suicide Squad. What? Yeah. You know, okay, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting concept. It's a popular comic for people who follow dc 
but it's just a fucking weird one to kick off with. You yeah, know, and it, sort of... <laughs> and the problem is they made it even worse. So, so my thought, sorry, I know this is slightly off horror, listeners. Um, but my thing was, so I I didn't dislike Suicide Squad. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it's but an the, enjoyable film. I I thought everyone in it was great, but. But the thing that then upset me was the what was the next one they did the. It was like the Marvel. It was like Avengers. Oh, they M. did. They did uh, Justice League. That was it, Justice League. But then they got characters that you kind of know, and then all the others they didn't even bother to explain their. So like, oh, there's this guy. He's half a robot, and his dad's dead. And I was like, well, hang on, literally, that's like three lines of dialogue, and you've just thrown me in with this character. I've got no, yeah. Yeah, no idea Mar- about. But whereas, like you say, with Marvel, you cared because you'd watched Iron Man or you'd watched Thor, and, and then they got all together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and like over the course of what forty plus films. Yeah, that's what I mean. They but took like but it a decade to set it up. Mm. Yeah, whereas the studios are now going, oh, they took ten years to, to set track. that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You can't fast track this shit. Mm. Yeah, so you really want it enough. to be left magical as opposed to just yeah, that was good. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Not only that, but also it's just a daft thing in so much as. In 25 years' time, someone could stumble across Thor one night on the telly or however, or on a streaming site or something like that and get into it completely from that and just go and discover the rest of it. But at least they'll have watched a complete movie, not something where they're like, so who's this and what's that? And why yeah. are they talking about this? Yeah. You, know. you don't need to know those characters and you need to have spent enough time with them for their backstories to not be rushed because they've come from such completely different backgrounds. And that's the, Mm. that's the point of it. That's why it works is that they've set up these backgrounds and that's why if you rush it and it's like, right, you've got 10 minutes to, for each of these characters and then they've all got to be out together, all five of them. And you're not just, you just don't care. You don't understand. And yeah, it just, ugh. Well, that's them told. Yeah. I hope you're listening, DC. You didn't fix it with Birds of Prey either. Um, <laughs> damn it. But, um, but Joker was good. Not seen it yet. But completely oh, standing okay. apart from the rest of DC mm, to the point where it? it may not even connect. Uh, okay. Yeah. I got that impression that it was too far removed mm. to ever become a a part of the same franchise but but stranger things have happened true that horse becoming pope i was just about to say exactly <laughs> the same thing this is getting scary now. um right so before we oh. just end up oh and van helsing yeah was played by jack Gwillem, who's also poseidon in clash of the titans sorry i just had to say that because it's like oh nice it's like you sit there and go oh i've seen him with his tits out in the bath <laughs> <laughs> a couple of rocks and a kraken. So. Um, right. <laughs> Sorry about so, that. No, that's no problem. Right. So to wrap this up, um, next episode. Uh, not sure when it's going to drop yet. We're going to see what happens with scheduling and etc. And um, but the and next the contagion and contagion. Yeah. Uh, 
but the next episode uh, is the year following this to 1988 uh, and previously mentioned Stan uh, Winston again, special effects. We will be watching the magnificent Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Uh, no spoilers. Chris, have you watched it yet? I'm not saying anything. Okay, let's leave it You're there. Not spoiling it for you. Not even spoiling yeah. it. Um, yeah. Uh, I've got to admit, I'm really excited about this because... A bit like, again, like this movie, I just think it's such an underrated classic. And it's it's got so much, and it's another one of those. I, I like the whole series of these, mm. kind of. I definitely like the first two. Yeah. See, I've only seen the first one. I've never seen any of the sequels. The Bloodwings like is pretty got good. Bishop in it. Yeah, it I, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased to bring Lance Henriksen to the podcast. Woo! See, I've, I've never known him as in, in anything else. I was like, oh, oh my God, man. That, again, you, you, you'll you pick up the stone marked horror. Yeah. You'll find a thousand <laughs> scuttling Lance Hendricksons in various movies here, there and everywhere. Always good. Yeah. It turns Always. out he's well built as well. Yes. Yes. Because, again, in, as Bishop, that didn't come across. <laughs> ah, so you have seen it then, right? <laughs> there, now we've now we've tricked you into letting us know. Um, I might have just watched the trailer. <laughs> uh, yes. So, thanks ever so much for listening. Um, we hope you're all doing well. Uh, if you're yep. sitting around the house and you are bored, a stay safe. B send us hashtag Ask Welcome to Horror Questions. Because we love them. Uh, or email us. Or email us at info. Those of you not on Instagram. At info at welcome to horror.com. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yes. Uh, or, yeah, or hit us up on Instagram and we will answer your questions with excitedness. Um, so go check out Pumpkinhead. If you've not watched. Um, Monster Squad, we have just spoiled it for you, but you'll still enjoy every minute of it. And uh, we'll see you all in the not-too-distant future. Stay safe. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody.